You're listening to the Credit Union Leadership Podcast, a podcast that delivers value and offers up insight that'll help your credit union grow. ServiceStar has been consulting with credit unions for over 20 years, growing them in the areas of cultural development, leadership development, and management training. To learn more about what ServiceStar can do for you or your credit union, check them out at servicestarconsulting.com. We've we've got got an exciting uh, topic to talk about today. We're going to talk about you, and that's exciting. Now, your tagline is, Vicki Franchino, a better way to tell your story. And so I want you to tell us your story. What what do we need to know about Vicky Franchino? And then we'll get into like the questions and answers. So this is really the this is the important stuff. What who is Vicky Franchino? What, what, what is my story? All right. Well, I live in Wisconsin, so I'm an official Midwestern resident. I'm like Scott, <laughs> who may be only sort of a Midwestern resident as a resident of the state of Ohio. Um we were joking about that before this chat started. And frankly, I give Ohio Midwestern points. So go Midwest. Um, let's see. I am, my fun fact is I'm the oldest of seven children. Um, so that's kind of rare in these days. Um, I live in Madison, Wisconsin. I've lived in Wisconsin a lot of my life, a uh, couple of periods of being outside, but uh, back in the state for the last 26 years. So I am through and through a Midwestern resident. Um, I've been writing for, I I like to say, uh, freelance writing, as long as I've had kids, which is more years than I want to tell you at the moment. Um, But I've been been writing for, feels like all of my life. I mean, I wrote the eighth grade talent show back in uh, a year, again, not to be mentioned. I've just always enjoyed the the power of words, whether whether I was reading those words, you know, something that someone else has written or getting to tell a story, whether that was my own story or a client's story. I have just always been fascinated and moved by the power of words. So um, that's a little bit about me. And and you you have the tagline uh writing for every channel as well. What are the different channels for the digital word or the well, printed word, I guess? Yeah. I mean, nowadays, so much of how we consume written word is through a digital channel, whether that's social media, you know, Facebook, LinkedIn, a blog, um, just all the different publications that we consume electronically. Uh, I still really like print media, I mean, um, reading a real book. I think there's a lot of research to support that actually reading things in print helps with retention, helps people understand what you're saying. Um, That said, you know, digital is everywhere and we're all consuming digital media constantly. Um, You know, I read my New York Times in the morning in digital, but I read my Wall Street Journal in print. So um, getting a little bit of both there. Um, you know, video, um, trying to think of other ways that we're consuming media. I mean, you know, YouTube and I don't personally use TikTok, but I know a lot of people do, um, Instagram, you know, as we said earlier, Facebook, LinkedIn. So there's just so many ways that we are just surrounded by content. I mean, if our ancestors could see all the ways that we were going to be inundated with information every day, (laughs) 
to make their heads explode. Some days I feel like it's going to make my head explode. So there are just so many ways to um, have content nowadays. Yeah. And well, even this podcast, it's a vocal recording, but you know what I've got to put down before I hit play on the October 31st podcast of our uh, credit union leadership podcast show notes. <laughs> I got to type up what we said and do yes. a you know, summary and put a link to your website. So just for the people that know it, uh, what is your website? Uh, it's my name, VickiFranchino.com. So short and sweet, if you can remember my name and, uh, well, you'd probably have to cheat and see how to spell it, <laughs> but it's V-I-C-K-Y-F-R-A-N-C-H-I-N-O. So VickiFranchino.com. All right. And so Vicky, you helped us out here at Service Star, but typically um, the gigs that you get aren't like with the ones that we had you come do. Um, you are a ghostwriter for the credit union industry. Um, so we may have written an article and Maybe you actually read it for us or somebody else might have wrote an article. What is a ghostwriter? Thank you for that nice segue. So um, a ghostwriter, I mean, the short answer is someone who writes something that someone else gives credit for. And before we had this chat, I thought it would be kind of fun to go and poke around and see, like, what's the definition of a ghostwriter and what's the history? And I want to give credit to a person who wrote a bunch of great articles. His name is Peter Albrecht, and he is at a site called Writers for Hire and has a lot of fun articles about the history of gross writing, how it's been used in the past. So some of these fun facts I'm going to throw your way are courtesy of Peter. So I want to be fair to a fellow writer that did the did the hard work. I just Googled. <laughs> so um, I, I think one thing that a lot of us know is that there are really famous pieces of writing that people believe were not necessarily written by one person or written by the person who was given the credit. I mean, the Bible is a really common example of that. And so is, you know, William Shakespeare, I think, you know, I can't even imagine how many PhD theses have been written about was William Shakespeare really the author of so many of the works that he was given credit for. So those are, you know, just two examples among many. And apparently the term ghostwriting uh, was actually uh, the product of a gentleman named Walter Christie Walsh, and he was a sports agent in the 1920s. And apparently he always thought that his ghostwriters would get credit. Um, he was kind of surprised when people thought they were being hired to do things like write, you know, seemingly autobiographical books or articles for the athletes. And I think Christy Walsh was just, you know, dumbfounded that people thought that these athletes were actually writing their own work. And he said something like, let's give the public enough credit to realize that these athletes couldn't write this. But um, so anyway, that's where it came from. And he thought that people would get the credit and they didn't. Um, and, you know, today we we see ghostwriting in lots of places. I mean, it's it's really obvious when you pick up, you know, here's a book by my favorite author who is dead, but yet he's got a new book. I mean, you know, of course that's ghostwritten. Or you can often see it on on books written by a famous, you know, written, I'm, you know, doing the air quotes here, um, by a famous person. It'll often say something like, as told to, you know, so they had some help or with the assistance of. But I mean, there's things that are being written all the time, you know, speeches and blog posts and articles. And, you know, there may be someone who routinely writes an article in a publication that you really enjoy. And, you know, perhaps that person wrote it, but perhaps they didn't. So, yeah, I, I think there's a value out there. I tried to write an article for the credit union industry, um, business development. 
like thought it was brilliant you know submitted it to i think cu times or something like that and they said you need to have an editor look at this and i was like what do you mean i'm i'm a self-editor so i think there's some value too also having someone who writes articles for places like that on a regular basis to know what what are they looking for right what what, what kind of kind of format is uh is a, is a good quote-unquote article whereas i might be the subject matter expert i have all the knowledge I got to put it into the content uh, creating form that you would know how to do. So there's a great partnership there, I believe, uh, with ghostwriters. You see that a lot where you've got people that have great ideas, just don't know how to write it down into article form. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty common. I think that is a large reason that people would hire someone like me, um, because as you said, they've got the great idea. They know their industry. They know their topic but they're not sure how to go from point A to point B. You know, how do I take that information and put it in a format that's digestible, that's easy to understand, that will get my message out there. So I think that's a great example. And I couldn't do what I do without subject matter experts like you, Scott. I mean, that's the heart of it is that it's a partnership. So Vicky, Vicky knew I was going to have a confession on the podcast today. She didn't know what it was. So that's my it's my it's my confessional for you. I I tried to write an article and and pr- completely failed at it uh, using my own uh, wits and and uh, my consumer brain. I can consume articles, but apparently I'm not that good at writing them. Uh, what what's so scary about somebody attempting to write? an article on their own, you know, obviously I've got my own experience and story about, you know, trying to submit a business development article, but you know, what, what keeps people from maybe putting pen to paper when it comes to an idea to write an article for a newspaper? Well, I do think there is that, there's that fear of the, well, it would have historically been the blank page. Now it's the blank screen on your computer. Um, There's a, there's a great article that I'm not going to be able to share the name with you because it has a word in it that we shouldn't be saying on air. But uh, there's a writer named Annie Lamott. And if you go and put in Annie Lamott in first drafts, I'm sure you'll come up with this article very quickly. And she talks about that fear of this empty, you know, page slash screen in front of you. And, you know, when you're writing, sometimes you just have to get something down and have a first draft and keep going from there. So that's a big fear, I think, that people have. Um, I also, I guess, just want to back up a little bit and say, sometimes people are really good writers and they maybe don't give themselves enough credit or we make assumptions that, oh, somebody who's really good at something technically is not going to be a good writer. And I always like to hold up my husband, Dave Franchino, as a prime example of that being completely false because he is a technical guy. He's got a background in mechanical engineering and he's a fabulous writer. So I think sometimes when we make these assumptions about people, if you're in profession X, you're not going to be able to put, I mean, I, there's all these these phrases, pen to paper. I mean, no one uses pen to paper, but you're not going to be able to put two words together coherently and get your message across. And that's not necessarily true. Some people are great writers. I think sometimes, um, you know, face it, we've maybe tried to write something in the past and it didn't go so well, or we had a teacher tell us we weren't a good writer, or we had just some experience where it didn't go that well. Um, It's also, it can be really time consuming. So I don't know that it's always a great use of someone's time, even, you know, perhaps if, even if they were not a bad writer, it's just, you know, you're trying to say, run your company, run your department, meet your goals. 
maybe it's a waste of your time to try to do what a writer could do for you. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you're bad at it. It could just mean, is this really the best use of your resources? Um, but, you know, there are times when people aren't good writers or they struggle to share information in a way that your average reader is going to be able to process it. I think sometimes we are in an industry and we get really caught up in the jargon and what one of my clients calls the TLA trap, the three-letter acronym trap, where you, you know, you just find this article and it's chock full of things that you have to be an insider to get. So I think again, working with someone who's outside of your space, um, even if they know your industry, you know, they're not in your company, they're not in your industry, that can help to do a better job of telling that story. So <laughs> that was really a long-winded way to answer your question, I hope. So, so ghosts are real. We, we, we've confirmed now on this call, ghosts yeah. are real. And are. I'm going to guess there's probably about 75% of the people listening that did not know that the CU Times article that they're reading might've been written by you, might've been written by a, a different writer. So uh, this, this might be news. So how do they find ghosts? Do we have to call the Ghostbusters. We have to go on a bad reality TV show to figure out where the ghosts are at. You're doing a really good job getting that ghost in there. I am very impressed. Well, I mean, I think uh, one really good way is by asking people. I mean, that's how you and I got connected. We, you know, someone referred you to me. So I think that's, you know, very old school, but to me, really a great way to do it. And you can, I guess, do the newer school in social media version of that, you know, throw something out on LinkedIn. I'm looking for a writer who can help me with X. I'm sure you will be inundated. So with people who have ideas about that. Um, you know, you could go look at publications that you'd like, print or online, and, you know, check out the writers. Is there a writer who speaks to you who might be a good fit for you? And just um, be warned, it could be ghostwritten. Um, talk to the publications themselves. They may have writers that they really like who fit your writing style, fit the needs of your company. So those are a couple of thoughts for finding your own ghostwriter. So we have a trick or treat insert here. So Vicky, you've got all my questions except for these two. You get to pick trick or treat. Okay. Oh, I have to say trick or treat. You got to pick. Well, you got to pick one. I got two questions for you. You know, treat sounds so much nicer than trick, Scott. So I'm going to go with treat. All right. So uh, candy corn, hate it or love it? You know, in desperation, I will eat candy corn. You know, I don't absolutely hate it, and it certainly has a childhood appeal to it. And you do get to eat it in layers, you know, the little sections you get to bite off. Um, <laughs> so I've obviously, you know, thought about candy corn in my life. But if someone were to say, like, pick a treat that you would just love to eat, it would not be candy corn. All right. So you just divided our entire podcast against <laughs> you and for you. So good job. Good job on that one. The, the, the people who share my candy corn eh, you know, <laughs> attitude might call me. The people who you know say candy corn, it rocks. I'm never hearing from those people. So, okay. so uh, talking about candy corn, what's the sweetest thing about being a ghostwriter? The sweetest thing about being a ghostwriter? Well, I mean, pre-COVID, I think a lot of people didn't understand the joy of working from your home. And now that so many people have had that, I mean, sadly, for a bad reason, um, that's lovely. Getting to work from your home is lovely. 
but I, you know, I think probably what I like about it even more is just the chance to learn about so many different things. I always say I know a little about a whole lot of stuff. Um, you know, if you want to talk to me for five minutes, you might think I'm a genius, but talk to me for six minutes. Well, then, you know, things are going down. Um, yeah. So, boy, the flexibility of getting to be my own boss, getting to work from home, the variety. Uh, so, you know, all of those things are really great and things I've really enjoyed. So I've gotten to learn about so many different things over the years. I mean, if I wrote down a list of all the things I've gotten to learn about, it it would be long. Um, so a little bit of all of that. So I'm going to share with the listeners a treat, but I want you to share with the listeners a trick. Now, not something that's like uh, April Fool's joke, mm. a trick like a tip. Um, a so tip. if I'm, okay, I'm a listener and I'm looking for uh, one, a one trick pony to writing a great article, what's one tip that you can provide for them? Wow. That is an interesting question. It's hard to boil it down in such a quick thing. I mean, we've talked, I, I think really finding that subject matter expert is a really good tip. And, you know, that person has such great content to share. It's just up to you to get it out of them as the writer and put it in a digestible format. So I really think finding that great subject matter expert is a really good trick. Um, I don't know if that's quite what you're looking for. That's, but that's, that's exactly what I'm looking for because it, it plays well into my treat, which is I'm going to share with you full transparency. Listeners, if you want the subject matter expert uh, article on business development, I'm going to share it with you, but only after I have Vicky take a look at it. That's right. <laughs> Vicky, I'm going to, I'm hiring you to look at my, uh, my, my article from, from shame. You're going to make it famous from shame to fame. You're going to help oh, me I would out love with to that. Do that. And then uh, listeners uh, go ahead and just shoot a note to the service star uh, podcast on our website. And we'll get you a free copy of that as well. Thanks again for being on the podcast today, Vicky, any closing thoughts to the credit union industry? Wow. Well, I mean, just the credit union industry, I've had the great pleasure to get to work in this industry for over 20 years. And I think every year I just come to a deeper appreciation for the difference that credit unions are making for our American consumers and just the role you're playing in helping people to be financially well. I think that's a huge challenge right now and that credit unions are really stepping up their game and trying to make that happen. So thank you. Thank you, Vicki, for being on the Credit Ian Leadership Podcast. Get your free copy of the article that Scott debauched. Uh, shoot me an email, scott at servicearconsulting.com. We'll catch you next time on the Credit Ian Leadership Podcast. <laughs>